What up and welcome to the Beneath the Dirt Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bone. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 119 in the house. Thank you again for tuning in. Much love, everybody. What is going on out there? Not much news. Not even that much music. But we still gonna kick it this week. And shout out to everybody that's on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcasting app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, fucking iHeartRadio, whatever. Podcast is everywhere. Much love for tuning in. And I want to send a shout out to CS215 for the donation earlier this week. They say great podcast. Podcast is great, dude. Thank you. Much love. I appreciate the donation 100%. That's without a doubt. Thank you. Um, been getting quite a few donations these last few weeks, and it's super fresh. I feel the love. It's super dope. And let's get into to the shit this week, shall we? Why not? First up, let's talk about my CD collection, January 21 edition, up now on YouTube. If you haven't checked it out, go peep that. Haven't done one in a few months where I showed off all the newest pickups and whatnot. So go peep that if you haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> My bad. Th- that's up on YouTube now. And... Uh, What else? So yeah, my CD collection. Man, I'm all fucked up right now. Should I start this over? Nah, fuck it. CD collection up on YouTube. Go peep it. Whole bunch of ill shit on there. Got some Juggalo shit, of course. Some underground rap shit, of course. Some snake shit. Where I bought two copies of the same album without even realizing it. Because one of them was just a repackaged CD. Which we might get into in a few minutes here. As you can see by the title of the episode, Cottonmouth Confusion, Part 3. So let's get into it. New music this week. We got Scum. Um, He dropped a brand new single, this right here. Up on all DSPs, Apple Music, Spotify, all that. Didn't get a chance to listen to it. Um, but new scum is out there right now. Dude, staying busy. We was just talking about him last week with starting up a Patreon. He's going to be doing the Patreon thing now where he's got subscription tiers. Seems pretty affordable. If you ask me, if you're a fan of LSP scum, probably worth checking out. And if you're a fan of scum, go peep this single out right here. Keeping it LSP, because Donnie Menace is LSP. But this is DJ Chunk featuring Donnie Menace and Dent One. Track is called Cut Em Up. Beat is dope. Donnie Menace got the ill hook on here. And he comes correct with a verse. And the scratches from DJ Chunk. If you don't know DJ Chunk, DJ Chunk is Ouija Max producer. Not producer. DJ, if you watched... Like Big Ballers or Hollow Wicked. That's his DJ up on stage. 
he's also the one that released during uh, an IG live stream a while ago, and I posted it up up on all my socials of the maybe the one and only Lil Riders track that was ever recorded with uh, Light and Ouija. They did it over, I think, a 6-9 beat, and that shit was hard. Ouija Mac and Light. So that was DJ Chunk who dropped that on us out of nowhere. And this new single, Cut Em Up, is dope. Like I said, dope beat. I don't know if Dent One did the beat, but Donnie Menace killed it on here. DJ Chunk with the ill scratches. That's up on all DSPs as well. Let's get it to some Magic Ninja shit. Lex the Hexmaster. He dropped a brand new single, Real One. This is a dope track. The thing... Alright, dope track. Beats ill. Lex comes correct on here. But it's not like anything like crazy, you know, mind-blowing or anything like that. It's just... It seems like when Lex drops a single, it's just, it's a cool song, but it's like, that's some shit I want to hear in the middle of an album. I want to hear this dude drop a fucking banger. A banger for a first single. In my opinion, this isn't it, but I still like the song. And hopefully, this is the first single off whatever the third EP is of these four-part series that he's dropping. You know, you had The Haunted Castle, part one. Uh, no, Party Castle Part 1, Haunted Mansion Part 2. Don't know what Part 3 is named yet, but definitely looking forward to it. Lex is that dude, and I like seeing the support for him, you know. I talk about it up on my socials, ask everybody what they think of the song. A lot of good feedback on this one, so that's dope to see. Lex, Lex the Hexmaster is the shit, so go peep that real one up now everywhere keeping it magic ninja twisted posted up this graphic and apparently the rose petal single that they dropped a few months back at least two months back it's been it's been a couple months cracked the top 40 on billboard i forget what chart it is up on Billboard. I'm going to see if I can look it up right now. But it cracked the top 40 up on Billboard. Number 38. It kind of snuck its way in there. Not a... Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. The Mainstream Rock Airplay Charts. Alright. So Mainstream Rock Airplay Charts. Number one. Twisted is fucking sold out. Mainstream Rock. Right? Let's get that fucking out of the way first and foremost. Twisted are sellouts. They're on the mainstream rock airplay top 40 billboard. I'm kidding. <laughs> if you can't tell uh, by the, my, I don't know. I guess you couldn't tell. I was kind of sounding serious there. But Twisted's Rose Petal top 40 mainstream rock airplay. So that means radio stations are playing rose petals. And for it to actually chart, you know, I'm sure if it would have charted before, they would have posted about it. So for it to actually hit on Billboard now, like months after its release, is crazy. Like the single is working. I like this single. Rose Petal is fire, in my opinion. 
I really like Rose Petal. It's better than um, the other single they dropped. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But I'm going to pull it up right now. It's the first single off the rock album. Um, you know, they even released it before Revelation came out. And Revelation was like the next up album. I apologize for the noise right there. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Perfect Problem is the other single. I like both those singles. But Rose Petal is definitely better, in my opinion. And fucking A, man. These dudes are charting on Billboard again. You know, last time they really hit Billboard hard was with Generation Nightmare. And that had a lot of rock influence on it as well. So, and and Generation Nightmare was up on the Billboard charts for a minute. And it had a lot to do with Magic Spells. That's a really dope track as well. One of the best songs on Generation Nightmare. And I'm not even that big of a fan of that album. But congrats to Twisted for cracking the top 40 of the mainstream rock airplay billboard chart. Fucking sellouts. Damn, man. I can't believe it. Fucking selling out on us. Even though everybody else charts on billboard and it's A-OK. But shout out to them for that. That's fucking dope. I ain't got no problem with them fucking getting radio play, doing the rock thing. Does it mean they're selling out? No, because who's selling out to play rock music at this point? Rock music is when was the when was the last time like a rock star came out? Like a legit rock star. Like you got to go back to like Manson, you know, Limp Bizkit, Corn. Like you got to go back a, a pretty far way for like when rock was popular and actually was like Getting that mainstream play. Yo, rock music is so fucking dead that the local rock station in Boston, WAAF 107.3, closed down a couple years back, and I didn't even know till like six months after it closed down. That shit was depressing. But rock music is like, you know, it's rock will never die, metal will never die, but it ain't it ain't rap. Rap's the number one shit. So for anybody to say Twisted is selling out to do some rock shit, makes no sense. If they fucking switched it up and rapped over nothing but trap beats, doing auto-tune, balling, dropping ones on bitches, booties in the strip club, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know. But shout out to Twisted for that. Keeping it with the Twisted news, kind of, sort of, not really. Class. Talked about class last week with his article three of revenge of the underground Avengers who put out a project through Magic Ninja Entertainment. He was up on Twitter this past week doing a lot of these don't at me's. And a lot of it was funny. Joking around. Not meant to be taken serious, really. But I knew this one would catch people's attention, so I I put it out there as well. Because I knew people would have an opinion on it. He wrote, Twisted Catalog... Sorry. Twisted Catalog, better than Tech 9 Catalog. Or more than Tech 9 Catalog. Don't at me. He also said, Mayonnaise is the white people's answer to cocoa butter. 
That shit was funny. Legit funny. Like, I laughed when I saw that. But he said, Twisted Catalog, better than Tech 9 Catalog. That's interesting. I know when I posted this, a lot of people, a lot of people said, I stopped fucking with Tech after KOD. Some people said all sixes and sevens. Some people said Tech 9 always sounded the same. Ain't nothing changed ever. But I also saw people saying Tech 9 definitely got the better catalog than Twisted. People saying Twisted fell off after Abominations. I think people are only saying that because Twisted left Psychopathic after Abominations. Because Twisted definitely put out good music since leaving Psychopathic. Their two newest albums being the best ones um, yet. But I mean, The Darkness is a dope album. I liked Life's Question Marks. I know a lot of people don't like that, but I liked it. Uh, A New Nightmare was fire. I didn't like Generation Nightmare. But people saying anything after, let's say KOD, because I saw more KODs than all sixes and sevens when it came to Tech 9. So let's let's kind of break down Tech 9 shit real quick. Even though Class posted this as a joke, news is slow. So we're going to break this down real quick. After all sixes and sevens, we got something else. In my opinion, something else is a fire album. I love that album. You got Straight Out the Gate with Surge from System of a Down. That shit's fire. Bitch with T-Pain is dope. Um, Fortune Force Field, probably a top 20 Tech 9 song for me. I love that song. I'm Not a Saint, Fragile with Kendrick Lamar and Mayday. We got So Dope with Recognize Snow the Product and Twisted Insane. That shit's fire. Like, this is a dope, dope album. Really solid album. Strange 2013 featuring The Doors. I mean, Tech got The Doors on his shit. And then he put out Therapy Sessions with Ross Robinson. I wasn't really feeling that, but that was more of an EP. And then his next album was Special Effects. Again, I I really like this album. Oh Yeah, Intervention. Like one of the hardest opening tracks on a Tech 9 album. Lacrimosa is fire. Um, on the Bible with T.I. and Zeus. Like Tech 9 doing that gangster shit. And that beat is just so hard. T.I. comes correct. Zeus kills the hook. Shroud. Ugh. That pitch down voice. Psycho Bitch 3 with Hobson. Wither with Corey Taylor. Like. Special Effects is a dope album. I probably like it better than something else, actually. Uh, and then you got Speedum with Eminem, but Chris Calico stole the show on there. Eminem just sped his verse up. You know, he ain't rapping fast like that, for real. And then you've got The Storm. Uh, the Storm is okay. It had a handful of good tracks. Like, uh, shit, maybe... Sriracha with Logic and Joyner Lucas. Um, starting to turn with Jonathan Davis from Corn. Yeah, I don't really... I don't know. Kind of a forgettable album. Then you had Planet. Just I don't know. Like Planet was just not good. Not it for me. Nina. He dropped in 2019. My favorite Tech 9 album... We, we broke it down in my top five Tech 9 albums of all time. I think this one came in at number three. 
I love this album, man. This album is so good. This is one of the very few Tech Nines I could play front to back without skipping a song. I love this album. Front to back. Just so many good songs. Greenlit, Like I Ain't, FTI 2.0, Active, FU with Jelly Roll and Chris Calico. Dope. And then last year he put out Enter Fear. You know? Uh, that was an okay album. The first third was uh, was a good listen, and then it just kind of fell off. And All Sixes and Sevens came out in 2011, and I'm looking up Abominations right now. Um, Abominations came out 2012, so a year later. A year later. And then they had A New Nightmare, Darkness, Continue Evolutions, Generation Nightmare, Mad Season, Revelation, uh, A New Nightmare, Solid Project from Twisted, Down With Us, The Deep End, Screaming Out, Falling Down, love that. It's kind of, it's like Mirror Mirror almost, it's like an EP album. Then The Darkness, you had really good songs on The Darkness, In Hell, Back to Hell, A Little Fucked Up, Boogeyman, Down Here, Fuck This Shit, No Breaks. Seance, Breakdown, Dope, I I like The Darkness, probably, you know, one of their best top three albums on M&E since leaving Psychopathic, Life's Question Marks, I like this album, Are You Insane Like Me, Kill Somebody, Dead and Gone, Black Clouds, I Got These Feelings, They, they finished fucking, um, how does it feel on here? And then continued it. Then you had Generation Nightmare. There was a few songs on there that were just a, a, a forgettable album, in my opinion. Mad Season, one top ten album of 2020 for me. I love this album. Do this one more time. Everything's cursed. That's what they'd be telling me. F feelings. Hungry like the wolf. Follow me. Then you got the newest album, Revelation. You got Hallelujah, Blueprint. Um, separate, laughable, change me, never be nothing. So in the last 10 years, both Tech 9 and Twisted have put out dope albums, without a doubt. But if we had to go like battle classic for classic against Tech 9 and Twisted, you know, I say Tech 9 don't got no classics, but I know what people consider classics. But with Twisted, you got Most Tasteless, Freak Show, Green Book, Abominations, Mirror Mirror's up there, Wicked's up there, Tech 9, you got, I don't know if people, I mean, you got The Calm Before the Storm, which I really like that album. That was before Strange Music. I thought that was a solid project. The Worst, that was also before Strange. Nah, I don't really like that one. It's okay. But Calm Before the Storm's really dope. Angelic is a fire album. A lot of good tracks on there. There are a few I skip. Same with Absolute Power. Dope album, but I do skip some tracks on there. Ever Ready. Um, I'm pretty sure Ever Ready made my top five as well, along with Angelic. Ever Ready's a fire album. Riot Maker, No Can Do, Welcome to the Midwest. Um... Caribou Lou, 
my wife, my bitch, my girl, come gangsta, my world, the rain. Love that album. Misery Loves Company. I know it's technically a collabs album, but dope. Killer. Uh, you know, Misery Loves... I'm not going to gloss over MLK like that. Misery Loves Company. My favorite Tech 9 album, number one. This is another album I could play front to back without skipping a song. Killer. Killer was a double album. Would have been better on one disc. It, it just really would have. A lot of people say that with double disc albums. But in this case, it's just true. It's just... There are some good songs on here. I Love You But Fuck You. Psycho Bitch 2. Painted Dark Picture with Dirtballs. Fire. Black Boy. Get the fuck out of here. Wheaties. Like, yeah. Um, too Much. Beat You Up is Fire. Seven Words. I like that. On some sex shit. Holier Than Thou. Like, there are a lot of good songs on Killer, but it would have been a better single disc album rather than a double disc. And then you got all the way up to KOD. You know? KOD, Demons, 3-6 Mafia, Fire, Strange Music Box, In the Trunk, Pinocchio, Horns with King Gordy and Prozac. A lot of people hate on King Gordy. I do too for the shit he says, but I still like that track. And a whole bunch of other shit. Like, if I had to go and make... I, I never put my... What I thought, Tech 9 versus Twisted Catalog. Who I would take in this. If I had to take it, I'd have to go Twisted. For me, personally, if I did a top 10 ranking of artists, <clears throat> including you know solo artists, groups, all that, I'd have to go with, you know, I would put Twisted above Tech 9. Twist is just one of my all-time favorites. The shit they get me through, you know, it could be in a shitty mood, sad mood, angry, happy, whatever. They're just one of those that I could just go to and just play some shit. And I know that they're, the music's going to get me through it, you know? So I'd go through, I'd go with Twisted, but can't play, downplay Tech 9 at all. Dudes put out a lot of good music from beginning to end. Same with Twisted. Pretty consistent throughout each careers. They both have dropped albums that were amazing. Both have dropped albums that were just okay. And both have dropped albums that were just dog shit. <laughs> to put it frankly, I guess. And kind of rudely. But I'd have to go with... I'd have to give the edge to Twisted. Without a doubt. You know, I know Class was fucking joking around with these don't at me's. Go follow him on Twitter. If you ain't uh, following him on Twitter at I am Class. Dude's pretty funny up on there. And he posted a lot of these. And I knew this one would catch people's attention. Caught my attention. Um, even though I knew it was kind of... Uh, wouldn't say sarcastic. I can't think of the fucking word, but you know, in fun. Let's just say that it's all in fun. But gotta give it to Twisted, in my opinion. If like if we're really gonna battle it out with Twisted and Tech Nine, gotta give it to Twisted, without a doubt. 
And yeah, that's that's slow news week. So I had to come up with some shit. I've been wanting to do another Cottonmouth Confusion episode. And I wanted to do it with the Checkmate Industry guys. And I'm going to get them back on the show at some point. I'm just waiting for like some new Cottonmouth Kings music to drop. So this is Cottonmouth Confusion Part 3. When I get them back on the show, it'll be Cottonmouth Confusion Point 420. Right? Can't be just point four. It's got to be, I mean, part four. It's got to be part 420. Only makes sense. But I figure I'd do another one. I've been thinking about doing this just because what the fuck is going on with Cottonmouth Kings? We've been talking about it here and there throughout the show. Saint died a couple months back. Rest in peace to Saint. That shit sucked and still sucks. Without a doubt. But rest in peace to Saint. You know, Johnny Richter did that live stream. d looking like he's solo. But let's get into some... Let's get into... How do I want to break this down? So, I got the physical copy of Cottonmouth PTB, the demos, the OG demos, the Seats of Crown, hard copy. They cheaply pressed it up in a cardboard sleeve. That's very unfortunate that they did that. But... The good news is is they're actually sending merch out. If you remember the Kingdom Come debacle, we've talked about it before. The album where Saint reunited with D-Loke for a full-length album. And Johnny Richter was featured on some songs. 90% of those pre-orders probably didn't get sent out. I know I didn't get one. But it seems like the new Cottonmouth King store is on, on point. You know, it, it came with the fresh poster... As you can see right here if you're watching on YouTube. So I got the OG demos. I was chopping it up with uh, Robbie from Twisted History about this shit. He got his before me and he was telling me it was an interesting listen. And when I finally got to listen to it. It's definitely an interesting listen. The audio quality is, is, is very poor. But it's kind of to be expected, I guess. You know, they got the the cassette on the cover and on the back with the track list. It sounds like it probably did come from a cassette. Um, I don't know if there was any way for them to touch up the audio at all or not, but is what it is. It's the OG demos from 96. I really didn't have high expectations for the sound quality of these demos. I just wanted to hear Richter, Loke, and, Loke, and Saint and what they sounded like before it became Cottonmouth Kings. Now, this OG Demos CD is essentially the Royal Highness demo. Every song on here, minus like three or four, was on the Royal Highness album. The only songs on here that weren't on Royal Highness was Every Day, Don't Give a Fuck, Don't Feel Guilty, 
um, nightlife, roll it up then, freaks of the industry, deal with the devil. So it's like six. And then you got all the songs that were on Royal Highness, Underage Alcoholics, What's Your Trip, Pimp Twist, So High, Suburban Life, Neighborhood Watch, and Bump. So to hear these demos was it was it was it was kind of fun to listen to but very interesting because I remember there being a rumor of beef with Saint Dog and Johnny Richter when Saint I mean Richter rejoined Cottonmouth Kings and was performing Saint's parts on stage. And I I don't know if those rumors were true or not. But Underage Alcoholics, So High, like the verse that St. Dog raps on So High is Johnny Richter's verse on here. Uh, Suburban Life, like a lot of these parts, Johnny Richter is rapping on these demos of the Royal Highness sessions is what Saint was rapping on the album. Same with D-Log. You know, they took over Johnny Richter's shit. They didn't really switch that much stuff up for the albums you know you could tell they tightened them up add added some shit to these songs for the album for sure without a doubt but for the most part a lot of these songs very closely resemble the final product that you hear on their first album like hearing Johnny Richter on So High rapping that verse that first verse that you hear on the Royal Highness album. Pretty much word for word. Um, so it's it's kind of weird. And then Johnny Richter doesn't get the writing credits. On the Royal Highness album. If you go back and look. He doesn't get the writing credits. And. It just seemed like. My first thought was like. Alright bad business from the very beginning. From the very beginning. With the first album, there was bad business with between these guys. Using Johnny Richter's parts. You know, I don't know who wrote what, but I got to assume, because Johnny Richter is a hell of a writer, you got to admit, when he joined that group, when Saint was kicked out, whatever, a lot of those songs were because of Johnny Richter. Like, dude can write. And I wouldn't doubt that Richter and Saint wrote a lot of these demos. It's kind of known that D-Lo don't write his shit. So that was the first thought that I had. I was like, alright. Richter's clearly rapping the same parts that made the Royal Highness album, but he doesn't get the writing credits for it on the Royal Highness album. And... But I, I, you know, I remember that beef. That was the first thought I had. And then some of these other demos, like Pimp Twist, is almost a completely different song, but very close to the original. Every Day, which was on the first Hidden Stash, this version of Every Day is completely different. Um, It's... Uh, going out to Big Hoss up in prison. Going out to Big Hoss. That's what 
this demo version of every day is. It's crazy. Um, Don't Give a Fuck, Don't Feel Guilty was a song that has previously never been released before. So we get an unreleased track from Loke, Richter, and Saint. Very dope. Again, when you if you do get this, these OG demos, just know that the, the sound quality isn't the greatest. But still, in my opinion, if you're a diehard Cottonmouth Kings fan, definitely worth the listen. And then you've got Neighborhood Watch. Neighborhood Watch is after us. Like, that was on some punk shit and on some hard, hard beat on Raw Highness. This is like some acoustic, mellow shit on here. So that was completely different. It's really dope. Nightlife. That's the track on Hidden Stash Volume 1 as well, where they featured, that was the only OG demo song featured on Hidden Stash. Freaks of the Industry. Freaks of the Industry was also on the first Hidden Stash, and that was, um, you know, Saint was rapping on there. I, I don't remember if Loke is on that track or not off the top of my head, but this version is a solo Johnny Richter track and it's pretty much the same words. If, if I remember correctly, when I was listening to it, it seemed like a lot of the same lyrics from this track freak of the industry on the OG demos is the same on the hidden stash album. And it's a solo Richter track on these demos. It's crazy. So for Richter to not get, writing credits on those early albums for these songs. You know, it just, it makes you think because we've got the history of Cottonmouth Kings, right? They've put out countless documentaries, DVDs, and all that. They have given us a peek behind the curtains, if you will, with the band, the group, whatever you want to call it. But I always felt like and still feel like that we never got the truth, the real truth about Saint Dog leaving the group, Johnny Richter not being on that first album. You know, obviously Richter came back in when Saint left. But, you know, the bad business in the end, everything that, you know, the real shit. We never got the real shit of the Cottonmouth King story. And this piece right here, the OG demos is a super interesting, very important piece to the Cottonmouth King's history because a lot of these lyrics Johnny Richter is rapping made that first album. He didn't get the writer's credit, publishing, and all that. And that album went gold. Easily their best-selling album ever. You know, they had the Scream 2 placement and MTV play a little bit. But these demos, in my opinion, are definitely worth the listen. Again, if you're a diehard Cottonmouth Kings fan, you got you to gotta get it. You got to copy it. I don't think it's going to be available digitally. I think it's only hard copies, and it is limited. It's still available. Um, they still might be trying to build trust with the fans and to to sell merch because I thought this shit was going to sell out quick and it still hasn't sold out. So 
fucking ain't right. You got to earn the trust back with that whole kingdom come debacle. I took a gamble with it. I got it. You know, they, they shipped it out January 1st like they said they would. That was dope. And it's good to see them doing good business. You know, I got the t-shirt as well. Um, that's upstairs, you know, in my closet or whatever, but the history of Cottonmouth Kings is just super confusing from the very beginning. Add the OG demos to that confusion because man, Richter was kind of screwed out of publishing and writing writing credits and all that shit for the first album. And it's kind of wild. And like I talked about earlier, the beef with, you know, the rumored beef with him and Saint because he was rapping Saint's parts when really on these demos there, some of these parts are Johnny Richter's parts. So the Cottonmouth confusion from the beginning, very beginning, is there. And then let's get to present day Cottonmouth confusion. John, uh, not Johnny Richter, D-Loke dropped a single a couple months back. It was the Legends Never Die single, the tribute to Saint Dog. And it was a dope track, very meaningful, heartfelt song from D-Loke. And it was a solo D-Loke song, but if you look it up on, on the DSPs, you gotta look for Cottonmouth Kings, not D-Loke. It's listed as a Cottonmouth Kings track, but it's only D-Loke on there. And then we got another new single dropping, I believe, this Friday from D-Loke. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. But it's being promoted as a new Cottonmouth, um, Cottonmouth King single. And it's We Roam. I look, I, he posted up a clip of it on his social medias. Uh, January 20th, it comes out. So Wednesday, it drops. And it looks like it's going to be another solo Richter, uh, solo D-Loke record. Sorry. Got Richter on the mind. So what is Cottonmouth Kings? I even posted up on Twitter, I believe, last week. So I was like, so at this point, Cottonmouth Kings is just D-Loke. Two years back, three years back, it was D-Loke and Saint. Saint went to jail, and then it was D-Loke and Richter. And now it's just kind of... John, uh, I keep fucking saying what Johnny Richter. What the fuck? I gotta go listen to a solo album or some shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but now it seems like it's fucking D-Loke. But we got the new single dropping Wednesday. The clip sounds alright. Nothing special. But he's hyping it up on social medias. And then he posted this on his IG stories. Cottonmouth Kings released new music for 2021. So here we go. And it's a picture of just him. Just D-Loke promoting new Cottonmouth Kings music. And the first two singles, presumably, you know, we know the first one for sure is a solo D-Loke record. The second one looks like it's a solo Loke record because it's what looks like him and his daughter up on the artwork. Is Cottonmouth, King, is Cottonmouth Kings just D-Loke at this point? 
couple months back. Johnny Richter was up on the Suburban Noise Facebook page with Kevin Zinger. And they were doing a live stream. And someone asked about New Cottonmouth Kings music. Johnny Richter looked like, I have no fucking idea. I ain't got a single clue as to when New Cottonmouth Kings music is coming. And then Zinger kind of jumped in like, yeah, New Cottonmouth Kings music is coming. And then Richter's like, all right, there you go. There you got it. So supposedly we're getting a new Cottonmouth Kings album or a release of some sort. 420 of this year. So in about three months, we're getting new Cottonmouth Kings. Is Saint going to be on it? Did Saint record anything before he passed? Will Richter be on it? You know, Richter was saying... He was in the studio working on new music. It's been kind of made public at this point. They are working on a new Suburban suburban Noise Soldiers project. A new Sub Noise Soldiers project. And it seems like they got the guys from Force 5 Records on there. Mad Child, Obnoxious, Richter, Loke. And whoever else is signed to Suburban Noise. Whitney Payton. Maybe Head P.E. So there is a Suburban Noise project coming soon. Uh, Sub-Noise Soldiers project, I should say. But what about Cottonmouth Kings, man? What the fuck is up with Cottonmouth Kings and why? Why does it have to be so confusing when it's just not, you know, when it shouldn't be? It's just, it's so weird. I love Cottonmouth Kings so much. One of my all-time favorite groups. They'd be in my top 10 as well. We talked about that top 10 list earlier. Cottonmouth Kings would definitely make that top 10 list. So I would love to get like the real history from Cottonmouth Kings at some point. Like sit down with them and pick their brains and maybe get the real truth. But I don't know if we'll ever get that or not. It's unfortunate. But it just got me thinking like super heavy with these OG demos, man. It's really cool hearing Richter, Loke, and Saint on here. Daddy X is on a couple of the tracks on here. Uh, I believe he's on The End of Suburban Life. And I forget what other one he's on. There's like one or two other ones he's on on here as well. But it's primarily Richter, Loke, and Saint. And it's a dope listen. I highly enjoyed it, but it just got me thinking, like, what the fuck is up with Cottonmouth Kings, man? What is up with them? What are they doing? What is going on right now? Is it just D-Loke? Is it Richter and Loke now? Will Daddy X ever come back? Even though I could care care less? That's kind of rude, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, Cottonmouth Confusion, man. They, them dudes just stay confusing people. I swear, it's like they get off on confusing motherfuckers and having people not understand what is going on with them. What do you think? Hit me up on my social medias, or if you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment. Let me know what you think is going on with the fuck with Cottonmouth Kings. I'm curious to see what other people think. Uh, but yeah. 
I'm hyped for New Cottonmouth Kings. Whatever it is on 420, I'm down for it. Whether it's solo, loke record, whatever. I'm ready for it. But we got a couple more things to talk about. We got a new project from Sea Lance. Sea Lance produces for fucking Swollen Members, Vinnie Paz, Ill Bill. Uh, he was on the new Boondocks album of note, you know, in the Juggalo world. He dropped a brand new instrumental album that's out on all DSPs now. I haven't got a list to it, but I can't imagine this shit being bad at all. Sea Lance is fucking dope. One of the illest producers in the undergrounds, if you ask me. The Demon of Hiroshima. That's what it looks like. Uh, looks like it's called. Cover art is fire. Apparently it's all Chinese samples on here. Chinese music samples, maybe. But I'll probably get around to peeping it. Just skim through it at least once to hear the beats. Because Sea Lance, like I said, one of the illest in the underground now. Super dope. And then I was buying a, a record this weekend. Buying something. Uh, I was looking for something to do with 3-6 Mafia. Buying some shit. And this came up on my suggested. The Devil's Playground from Koopsta is dropping. I've seen two release dates. I saw one in February and I saw another one in April. But it is coming out. It's another limited 2LP um, limited edition set. Translucent green, translucent yellow. Koopsta with the Devil's Playground. Classic old school 3-6 Mafia shit. Like this, this was like shit before Mystic Styles. And then I think there was a couple like newer tracks at the time, like 97, 98, when this album originally dropped. But Koopsta is dropping The Devil's Playground um, maybe next month, but it seems like the more accurate date is the April date. You know, it says right here, available February 5th. But I think April is probably the correct date for it. And that's the picture of the vinyl right there. Looks dope. I got my pre-order in. 3-6 Mafia just dropped the end. Limited, edi uh, limited edition. I copped that. I copped that Chapter 2 World Domination when they put it out. They also just dropped the Tear the Club Up Thugs on Record Store Day. I copped that. I'm a 3-6 Mafia vinyl collector now. I just ordered... Which I hope it's... I, I, I'll follow through with it on my social medias, but... The Mystic Styles LP, the vinyl. I never ordered it. It's sold out now damn damn near everywhere that I looked online. And the shit's going for like more than 50 bucks. Brand new. So that's becoming hard to find already. I know it dropped quite a few years, you know, four or five years back. But that's becoming hard to find now. So these 3-6 Mafia vinyl, if you are a 3-6 Mafia fan... You got to hop on that shit quick. Um, because once it gets sold out, that shit goes for a pretty penny. So I'm hyped for that Koopsta Devil's Playground vinyl to be dropping um, in the near future. And then we got... And that, and that wraps it up for new music and news. But before we get the fuck up out of here, you know what we going to do. We gonna do the ass grown segment. 
I posted up quite a few hours ago. It's almost 8.30 at night now. Not up late recording the podcast, but kind of a late late recording session for the podcast. I usually try to do it earlier in the day. Or like, you know, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm fucking sitting here rambling. Sometimes I like to record early afternoon to get it done and out of the way for the day. And I have time to edit it and all that good shit. But here I am at 8.30 at night, getting ready to drop in less than 12 hours, folks. Can he do it? Of fucking course he can. But let's get it some... <laughs> I'm stupid. Let's get it some Ask Roan shit. We got Kilimanjaro. Shout out to Kilimanjaro. What are the 2021 goals for Beneath the Dirt podcast? Number one, goal for Beneath the Dirt podcast is 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I was hoping I was going to get that in 2020. Didn't happen, unfortunately. I'm hovering uh, at around 820 right now. So I think it's possible to get that uh, 1,000 mark by the end of the year. That's definitely one of my bigger goals. A couple of the ideas I have been toying around with. You know, other goal, other goals. Let's talk about goals. Goals, just bring those fucking numbers up. Just keep bringing those numbers up. I don't have any numbers in mind, but the numbers, I just want to see the numbers continue to grow. Whether it be followers, listeners, plays, um, likes, comments, all that shit. I just want to see the numbers get bigger, man. But other ideas that I have for Beneath the Dirt in 2021... Is possibly. Now, I'm not putting this as a definite because I don't want nobody holding me to this, but it's an idea that I've been toying with, and that's making the Beneath the Dirt podcast a live stream at some point, streaming it live on YouTube and then putting it up on the podcasting platforms, um, on all those apps. It would be good just to do it live. I've been damn near recording these podcasts live for a year now. You know, I do everything one take is what it is. So I'm already recording these in a quote-unquote live scenario, if you will. So that's an idea I've been toying with, bringing the Beneath the Dirt podcast to a live stream. And then... Another idea that I've just recently been toying with, the whole live thing has been an idea has been an idea for a while, but I'm thinking about making it happen in 2021. Let me know if you want to see Beneath the Dirt streamed live on YouTube and then made available on podcasting platforms, you know, you know, same day pretty much. Or net, I would this is how I would do it. If I were to stream it live, might as well just give you my, my plan. I'd stream it live on a Sunday. I'd probably have to come up with a specific time to do it. Maybe not. Maybe I'd just go live. You just have to be ready on Sunday for me to do my live stream. So it would be on a Sunday. And then put it out on podcasting apps Monday morning, 8 a.m. like I normally do. So stream live on Sunday, podcast platforms, 
Monday morning. What do you think about that? Let me know. I, I know a lot of people will be like, yeah, stream live. You know, that idea, I've been toying it with it for a while. I was hoping I would have hit a thousand subscribers by now because I was going to do it once I hit a thousand, but it's kind of taken a while to hit a thousand, unfortunately. So, but it is, is an idea and I'm definitely leaning more towards doing it, but I'm not fully set on it. And then another idea that I'm less than 50-50 with is doing two podcasts a week. We'd have the normal news podcast drop on Monday. You know, say I don't do the live stream, but it would drop on Monday, right? And then do a second podcast in the week with a different special guest every week. And I'd probably have, you know, a lot of repeat people like I already do, you know, Mike Sears, Joker's Gallery, Twisted History, um, Chuck Reeves. I bring back, you know, DC Fago guy, shit like that. Bring in other people that I haven't done a show with that have, that do Juggalo podcasts or underground music podcasts. Bring back Beastmaster, Scotty Two Balls, Shanzi. You know, definitely bring back everybody that I've had on the show because everybody that I've ever had on the show has been on the show for a reason because I fuck with their content. And I I think they're chill, cool people and all that good shit. So I've been toying with the idea of doing two podcasts a week. One, a live stream, and then another one. It wouldn't be live, but with a guest, dropped during the week at some point. It's just a thought. Like, I don't even have a day that I would drop it on. When I would record it, you know. The thing with working with having guests is working with people's schedules and it can be tough. So if I do it, you know, I'll let you know. But I'm less than 50-50 on that two podcasts a week. Let me know what you think. I know you're going to say you want to hear two podcasts a week because why the fuck wouldn't you? I know I would. I know when Joe Budden went to two podcasts a week, I was fucking pumped for that. All right, so shout out to Kilimanjaro for that question. And then we got Jim Stockham on Twitter as well. Uh, if Emini could do a dream collab- collaboration with any metal band, who would you want them to do it with? Emini. All right, let's just say Twisted. Twisted to work with a metal band or a rock band. I think ones that would make sense would be like Rob Zombie, I think would be pretty fire. Like have Rob Zombie produce some shit for Twisted. I think they would come up with some ill shit. Twisted and Rob Zombie, I think that would be fire. Um, You know, if if Chester Bennington was still around, I would have liked to see Linkin Park work with Twisted. I think that would work out really well. That'd be a really good song. Those would probably be my top two. Rob Zombie and Linkin Park. Yeah, Linkin Park's a shit. So is Rob Zombie. Rest in peace to Chester. Mind Bomb Music on Twitter. Uh, he wrote, or he asked, What are the last good comics you have read? And don't be bashful if they're nudie books. Uh, well, 
I wouldn't be bashful if they're nudie books, but does Playboy even still exist? Or does Hustler magazine still exist? Like, if you ain't up on fucking Pornhub or RedTube or any of that shit, and you're still looking at nudie mags, I don't know. But uh, last comics, it's been a minute since I've read any comic books. But one of my favorite stories that I read last was Thor, the God of Thunder, when Marvel did their reboot back in, I want to say 2013, 2014, something like that. That was the last time I really got into buying comic books. And, you know, I go in and out of spurts every once in a while buying comics. But Thor, God of Thunder, written by Jason Aaron, is phenomenal. Uh, Drawn, the illustrations by uh, Isad Ribic, I think his name is, something like that. Ribich? I don't even know. But phenomenal story, amazing artwork. They're actually making a movie out of that story for... Thor 4, like Thor, Love of Thunder, or some fucking stupid shit. I just hope the movie's half as good as the comic book was, because that, that series, the God, Bob, the God Bomb series, was fucking amazing. Super dope. Um, shout out to Mind Bomb Music for that question. Joker's Gallery asks, what five songs that didn't get videos from ICP would you like most to see to get a music video? Top five songs ICP never dropped videos for. One would have to be Mr. Johnson's Head. That would be a fire video. Doesn't matter if it's the Ringmaster or the remix version. I'd like to see a music video for uh, Boogie Woogie Woo. That would be fire. Toy Box would be fire. That's three. Um, what else? Off the top of my head. Toy Box would be fire. Shit. Um, think of some old school shit. 17 Dead. Off Beverly Kills. Yeah. That'd be fire. That's Those five off the top of my head. That'd be fucking dope. Or even Dead Body Man. That's... So many ill songs, man. Southwest Voodoo would be a good, like, just a hype hype video to do, you know? Boombox Mike on Twitter asks, what's the best way to get your band heard by Beneath the Dirt? This is a good question because I do get people hitting me up trying to get me to listen to their music. And I've always said, and I, you know, I'll say it again, I'm not trying to be an asshole about this. I'm trying to be respectful about it, but spamming me with your music is not the way I'm meant to hear your music. It's just not. You know, spamming me with your shit is not the way uh, anybody is meant to hear, hear your music. It's got to be organically, word of mouth, a suggestion on YouTube or, you know, something like that. But spamming people with your music is just not the way. I know it's hard to get heard, but spamming people with your shit is just not the way. I've never once spammed anybody with listening to the Beneath the Dirt podcast. I've never DM'd anybody. I've never added anybody, tagged anybody into listening to my podcast. I've used hashtags. That's a good way to do it. Hashtags are a good way to get people to listen to your shit, maybe. I don't know, but I'm telling you what I've done. Just hashtags 
and coming up with good content. That goes with music too. It's got to sound good. If it's good, word of mouth will spread and people will find out about it. There have been people that have hit me up to check out their music and I have. And, you know, I got to report back to them like I don't like it or it's dope. And then the ones that are dope, the people turn out, do some stupid shit to you. And then you just end up not following their shit anymore because they get a little too comfortable for whatever reason. Like you you don't support them. Like I had one dude hit me up to check his music out. I finally checked it out and it was good. It was really good. And this dude still to this day was the best shit I heard that somebody asked me to check out. And I don't check people's music out often. So it's only happened a handful of times, but easily this dude was dope. And immediately I talked about this dude on the podcast. I was promoting him on my pages and all that. And then one day he came at me talking about, why aren't you promoting my show? I have a show coming up and you're not talking about it. I'm like, I don't promote people's shows. I talk about tours like ICP Tech. Now, you know, I talk about tours with big named artists because I believe that's news. But I don't talk about these one-off shows at all, you know, if at all, or very rarely, whatever. And I tried to explain him to that, and he was, you know, and then he questioned me about how I don't show him support, and I told him that I talk about him, I talk about you on the podcast, I've promoted your shit on my pages. Dude wanted, like, timestamps and what episode I talked about his shit. On, and I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't remember what episode. And that was some kind of fucking, that was whack. Very whack and lame for that dude to do that shit. And I immediately stopped supporting. Don't come at me when I'm clearly supporting your shit. Or you just, you obviously don't listen to the show or see my posts or whatever. Promoting your shit when you drop new music. And then come at me like I don't support you because I didn't post about your upcoming show. Fuck out of here. That shit was annoying. And that's why... That's another reason why I don't check people's shit out. Because people get too comfortable. And they think they could talk to you however the fuck, which way they want to talk to you. And that's not the case. I don't give a fuck if it's the internet or not. You get a quick block. You get an unfollow. And you lose a supporter. And an access... And an avenue for somebody to push your shit because it was good. So think about that. Um, I don't know if that last part really had anything to do with the question, but (laughs) kind of just went on a little rant right there. But these fucking rappers, man, they can be real fucking annoying sometimes, straight up. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but... It's just spamming people with your shit is not the way to go. At least in my opinion. And then we got the real Kino G on Twitter. We need past videos made from ICP ASAP. I agree. I thought at some point, you know, Violent J talked about um, doing videos for past songs. So maybe they could take some of my suggestions that I just gave now. You know, Dead Body Man, um, 
toy box, play with me, and do some videos. But I agree. It would be fresh to see ICP do some old school throwback videos. Magic uh, Twisted did it with Secondhand Smoke. They did it with the Triple Threat song off Mutant. I've seen other people do it. I saw Ill Bill just drop a video for an album that came out like almost 10 years ago. So it's it's dope and it's fun for the fans too at the same time. So, But I definitely agree with that. All right. And then we got on Instagram, Young Thompson 940 says, don't know how much you game, but if you do, what soundtracks are you currently into? For me, it's Donkey Kong Country 1 and Wild Guns for SNES. Soundtracks for video games, I've never been into. I know people are really into the music for video games, but I just, video game music, not really my thing. But I do game. I primarily play Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone, the Battle Royale. That is my shit. I'm on it at least three, four times a week. I play that shit. I love that game. Super dope. Um, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five. You know, I do game, but it's like a very, it's like it's basically Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. That's pretty much all I play. And Red Dead Redemption. And sometimes uh, I do have a Switch. I, I play Mario. Mario Odyssey was dope. Uh, Zelda, I really need to dive into that. I've owned that game for like three years and played it for like two hours. But yeah, I do game. Just never really cared for soundtracks. Um, shout out to Young Thompson 940 for that on Instagram. And then on Instagram, we got Paul Bunyan 21. He wrote, considering the high praise for Big, Big Hoodoo's The Red Book, do you plan on giving it a listen? I feel bad saying it, but no, probably not. I'm just not a fan of Big Hoodoo. Um, just kind of is what it is. Um, so I, I probably don't plan on listening to it. I did see a lot of people really like that album, though. So shout out to Big Hoodoo for pleasing the fans that he already got. He'd have to really win me over, over with some shit. Like if he dropped the music video... And I checked it out and I liked it. So yeah. I'd probably peep it. I like that one video that he did a couple of years back with the guitars. I think it was filmed at Hollow Wicked. I don't remember the name of the song, but that song was okay. Decent track. Now let's go to Facebook. We got Homeworks. He writes, or they write, politics shit. Politics shit. Who do you think Juggalos majorly major Who do you think Juggalos voted for? No idea, don't care, to be honest. Not talking about politics. Don't know, don't care. But thank you for the question, Homeworks. Frank Garcia on Facebook says, My question from last week, and he was so fucking kind to include an image. Thank you. I know this question. There was a few others submitted after I recorded the podcast. But he writes, How do you stay up to date keeping up with new music releases? I feel like I miss a lot of albums that drop simply because I don't know about them. Also, what were your thoughts when you first heard the Wraith Shangri-La and the message of the last track? Much love from Colorado. Well, much love, Frank G. Thank you for your question. How do I stay up to date, keep up with new music releases? I just tune into the people that I really like. I follow them. They stay in my algorithms, up on my social medias. 
So I see when they drop, and that's how I keep up to date. It's really hard to keep up to date sometimes because a lot of people drop music, and there's a lot of people I like. So some weeks you just get bogged down with a lot of music. But just following following a lot of pages, basically, on social media is how I keep up. And my first thoughts on the Wraith Shangri-La when I heard it, and the message of the last track, it's exactly what I thought it was. Straight up. I was not, they, they didn't trick me. You know, that whole, we're not sorry if we tricked you. They definitely didn't trick me. I knew that was the message the whole time. I didn't necessarily think that they were going to come out straight like that. You know, Carnival is God and shit, but I liked the album. Still like it to this day. And I knew the message was going to be that. So thank you for the question, Frank G. Shit, we got a lot of fucking questions for this week. Um, Compared to last week, we had like three. Uh, Ryan Johnson on Facebook says, Do you think the clowns and Twisted would work together down the road or nah? I want them to. With everyone dying lately, I feel like they should get past this beef. First thought was I remember Rude Boy talking like, yo. Because I remember he was at Astronomicon and people were speculating if the clowns were fucking with Rude Boy because he went to the Astronomicon or not. Because he was invited. Um, but, uh, and he brought up the point that, you know, what's this beef really mean if someone dies? And he's right. He ain't wrong with that. And Ryan Johnson ain't wrong with it either. If some, if, I think if someone dies and that beef ain't settled, there's going to be a lot of regret. Without a doubt. And I only say that because I've had friends that I were really close to at one point die that I kind of lost connections with. But I still consider them friends, but definitely lost the connection with. No beefs, nothing like that. You know, nothing serious. But just kind of, you know, drifted apart. And then they ended up dying and it's like, fuck, man. What was I doing? Why didn't, you know... Why didn't I stay in contact more? And I still need to do that with people. Stay in contact, you know? But I feel like if they didn't get past the beef and someone ended up dying, you know, God forbid, I'm not religious or anything, but there would be a lot of regret from uh, everybody, I think. Or maybe not. Maybe they really fucking hate each other and they don't care. Who knows? I'd like to see the beef schedule or I'd like to see the beef dead at one point, you know, never say never all that good shit. I'd like to see it dead, but I agree. Justin Sears favorite sub noise group besides KMK. Uh, does Kingspade count? <laughs> you know, outside of Cottonmouth Kings, their suburban noise didn't really put out a lot of shit that I liked. They did drop La Coconostra's first album, but I believe that was just a one-album deal. Um, but if you consider La Coconostra, I'd put them up there. I put The Dirt Ball up there without a doubt. The Dirt Ball is one of the better artists to come from Suburban Noise. Big B's pretty dope, although I don't really fuck with his newer shit. A lot of his earlier shit I did like a lot. So I'd probably say Dirt Ball, Big B, 
and uh, La Coca Nostra if you count the one album. And then the last question for the Ask Roan segment from William Perez on Facebook. Projects that were slated to come out that later never did. Or, I'm sorry. Dyslexia. I don't know what it is, but I just read ahead, mix words, add words that don't even fucking, that aren't even in the fucking question. I I put later in there and it's not even in there. Um... (laughs) He wrote, let's do this again. Projects that were slated to come out that never did or or are this year. Light but broke. All right. I'm about to give up on this Ask Grown segment because I can't fucking read. Lights broke but still shining. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if that'll ever come out. From what I understand, he's back in the studio recording. I don't know if he lost the album or whatever. But I heard he's back in the studio recording for the album. So we'll have to see Venomous 5. I would love to see Venomous 5 drop in 2021. There was speculation that they were going to start recording the album, I believe, this month. Or late or in December or some shit. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But I really hope that drops 2021. King Gordy's Anakin. Will he ever drop it? I don't know. I don't follow King Gordy like that, so I don't know. Um, that's the first time I'm hearing of that. Hobson album. Hobson needs to drop an album in 2021, without a doubt. I'd like to see a Hobson come back, drop another album this year. A fucks with Hobson. You know, that podcast that he did with Dane was such a dope listen. So yeah, definitely a new Hobson album. And then will 2021 give us what we've been waiting for from a certain artist? And then he gives the eyes to the side emoji. Um, If he's talking about ICP's Yum Yum Bedlam, then probably. I have no reason to think that it won't come out in 2021. It's just when in 2021. I think the album will come out. Because clearly they're working on it. But when is the question? I don't think that March 5th date is realistic at all. But we're just going to have to see. Shout out to everybody that submitted a question. That was a lot of fucking questions. I'm going to have to pre-screen the shit before I record the show. Because I felt like we just spent about a half hour talking about uh, answering people's questions. It is dope, but I think at some point we just got to handpick questions. But for now, I'll answer all the fucking questions, because why the fuck not, right? Shout out to everybody that's tuned in an hour 15 in. Much love, and I'm Rowan Bone of the Beneath the Dirt Podcast, and until next time, I'm out. Peace.